Welcome to Mind Over Matter with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. I share stories of insight, personal experience, ways in which I and others have overcome obstacles, and the importance of perseverance. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am thrilled to have you here on my podcast, tuning in weekly as I share two episodes with you. My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 191. This week, there's so many goodies like overcoming fears and learning to take risks and literally living as though every day could be our last. If you're ready to live your life to the fullest and let go of your excuses and your bullshit stories, I've opened up my 12-week coaching program and I want to work with those individuals. Wait. I will only work with those individuals willing and ready to do the work. If you want to create that clear vision and you're ready to implement winning habits because you know you're lacking and ultimately you want to reach that end goal, now is the time. Stop waiting for tomorrow. Stop waiting for January 1st. Let's get started. You can apply for my coaching program at heatherhakes.com. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I brought on Brett Scott. Brett, welcome. Hey. I'm stoked to have you here. Please give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a real estate agent slash coach. I do a lot of uh, mindset and growth coaching. And what does, I mean, for some people to say a mindset coach, what's that even mean? Um, so what I always say is everything I do helps push people to where they want to be. So if they're buying a house, I help them get where they want to be. If they're in a, a glass ceiling, I help them push through it. Okay. And I would imagine, especially with home purchasing, a lot of people deal with their limited money beliefs, right? Their money oh, story. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. So what is, something, what is something you help your clients with regarding that? Because everyone can relate to money. Um, sometimes what I have to help them, I have to help them. Sometimes I have to reel them in. Like some people are trying to spend a little more than they should. Mm. Uh, so to give you a bit more understanding on that, I used to be in banking and finance. So helping people make wise decisions is always uh, a, a top priority for me. And sometimes I do have people that, uh, you know, they're so safe that they're missing out on the houses that they actually want to be in and they could easily afford. So I have to help them see what life can be like, um, how much, how much they would enjoy it if they purchased that house and the things they can do in it. So what do you believe is a common denominator between everyone you've worked with regarding their money beliefs? You know, the most common thing, the most common thing is usually people wanting to spend more than they should. That's the most common thing. I know that's kind of backwards. It's not which I know that's the opposite of what you were asking me, but a lot of times people, you know, lenders will approve them for more than what they're actually comfortable spending. And a lot of times people want to use the whole budget. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just shouldn't. That's the most common thing. Okay. Well, yeah, I remember 
I've been in, I'm now in my third home, but my dad always taught me that you shouldn't spend more than I believe his percentage was 30% of your take home on your right. mortgage, your living expenses. Otherwise you become house broke. Right. And nobody wants to do that. Why would, why would you want to live somewhere you can't enjoy the rest of your life? <laughs> yeah. Cause you can't go out and do anything just so you can afford the, yeah. Right. Well, and the big reason I brought you on today, we both attended Lewis Howe's Summit of Greatness, right? You were there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was. And um, I guess we could give a little, was that, was this your first year? It was my first year. I've been listening to Lewis since 2013, 2014. So okay. long time listener, but I've never, uh, I hadn't attended one of the summits until this, until last month. And for those that don't know what it is, Summit of Greatness is Lewis House puts on a, is it a three-day, two-day event um, in his hometown, Columbus, Ohio, and he brings speakers. And it's just a, an amazing place. It's very homey feel, although it's, you know, I think there were 1,500 people. It's very a close network, and you get to meet and greet the speakers in person. And it's very, I think, my key takeaways were you just inspired and motivated to keep the momentum going. But I want to know for you, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway was that I was not living. I wasn't living fully. I had, uh, I was kind of, I was keeping myself in this little box, like just, just work and go to the gym. And, you know, I, I needed to go and live. And that's what I took away from it. You mentioned a little box. Is that what you would call your comfort zone? Um, you know, I can't even say it was truly comfortable. I think what I, maybe I should be more specific. I wasn't enjoying life. Mm. I, yeah, I was, I was still pushing myself. I, I felt like I was living and performing at a fairly high level. Uh, but I wasn't going out and truly embracing every day. So which, I was just going to ask, which speaker kind of, I don't know, ignited this for you? You know, they were all so impactful. Uh, Jesse Itzler definitely made an impact. Kyle Cease, the way he looks at things, really, that really made me change my perspective. But to be completely honest, the thing that really changed it for me was being around 1500 people with the same type of mindset that were out there living their dreams that was inspiring well that's the whole cliche you're the average of the people uh you spend the most time with and yeah you're right right. i and i think a lot of people kind of get the high of going to those personal development conferences and, and they keep going to the different conferences, but it's like, you have to take what you learn there and implement it into your life. And then if it means going back to your surroundings and changing your, your social circle or whatever, I mean, I've had to do that. But the main reason I reached out to you because you really hit a, a nerve for me, you posted in the Sum of Greatness group after, and I'm just going to read it real quick. And I was like, this, he's speaking my language. Everything you said, I was like, I, I've got to interview this guy. And so here's what you wrote. From the day you were born, you have been taught to fear everything. You have been taught to avoid pain. You have been taught to avoid risk. Yet somehow they forgot to tell you that all of the magic is on the other side of that fear, pain, and risk. They forgot to tell you that you will only be remembered for the rules you break. 
So go in the direction your soul pulls you. Go out on that limb. If it scares you, do it. That podcast, launch it. That book, write it. That business, start it. That passion, pursue it. That person, let them know exactly how you feel and leave nothing unsaid because you may never get the chance to say it again. Treat every day like it's the only one you have. Make sure that when you leave, you leave with no regrets and absolutely nothing left in the fucking tank. <laughs> I just, I mean, that is yeah. so spot on. And if, if people would walk away and live by those few sentences you wrote, it would just, what a difference it would be for everyone. So now that we're, I don't know, a month, six weeks, whatever it is, past that event, what has changed for you? What are you doing now? What's different? What's changed for me? I literally live by the words that I put in that post. Um, anything that, you know, instead of overthinking things, I just do it. I, I started salsa dancing lessons because it's something that's always intrigued me. Um, I went skydiving. I, uh, you know, if I see someone in, I'm interested in, I'm single. So if I see someone I'm interested in, I just approach them. You know, I don't, I, I literally treat it like I may never see them again. I may never get the opportunity to speak to them again. Um, and I, I just, every single day I wake up, I'm grateful that I'm here. And I treat it like it might be the last day that I'm here. And I, what I'm getting from that is you are taking YOLO to a whole nother level, <laughs> right? Right. And it right. seems, do you feel that from your post specifically that was fear a big factor in holding you back in the past? Yeah. And it's, it's odd for me because I don't, you know, I, I don't share the same limiting beliefs that other people do. Um, but it was a combination of fear and, Oh, I'll just do that later. Or I'll do that once I achieve mm -hmm. this or, you know, and it's not about that. You know, it's about be, you do have, you know, be the person that you have to be to have the life, or excuse me, be the person that you have to be to do the activities in order to have the life that you want to live. Yeah. And I was living out of order before it was, you know, have, do, be, you know, once I have it, then I'll do this and I'll be that. And it, that's not, it's just not the right way to live. I, Okay, so take us back, because you already shared this with me, but the skydiving experience. So talk about facing your fears. Walk us through the skydiving that you just did. All right, so I am, I was definitely afraid of heights. So it, was, it was almost like a phobia. Um, and when I, when I got back from the Summit of Greatness, I thought to myself, what would, you know, what's the thing that I'm scared of the most? And that was heights. And I thought the, I mean, I don't know how to get any higher than skydiving. So that's what I, that's what I decided to do. And the experience itself, I've always been a little different. I don't really get nervous or feel much pressure or anything like that. Uh, so I was just excited about doing it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. I'm about 200 pounds. So once I was there, the instructor started picking at me, you know, cracking a lot of jokes that <laughs> would make most people really uncomfortable. And it started to get in my head a little bit. Um, so I, I did tandem skydiving and 
what that means is you have a professional on, you know, that's jumping with you, kind of in control of the shoot. And so you get on this, they, they teach you for like two minutes. They tell you what it's going to be like and, and what you have to do. And, you know, you're thinking, should I, should you tell me some more? Should I know a little more? I don't feel like I know what I need to know. But, you know, I have, you have to trust them and trust that they know what they're doing. So you get on the plane and I was the first person to jump out. So the, the plane has this door that's see-through. So the entire time you can see out the door and I was sitting right in front of the door. So when they roll the door down, it's see-through, you can see out. So they take off and they get up to about 1,500 to 2,000 feet and then they open the door. And they're like, oh, stick your hand out. You know, and I'm like, no, that's okay. You know, and one of the guys stuck his head out and he was just fine like that. And they tell you, hey, we're about 2,000 feet up. Once we get to 14,000 feet, we're going to jump. And you're thinking, this is really high already. How high is 14,000 feet? So you get up a little higher and you can tell people start getting nervous because everybody stops joking. The instructors even stop picking at me. Uh, you know, everybody got real quiet. And then they open the door and there are a couple of professionals that, that are jumping on their own. And they jump first and they jump and then they disappear. So it gets, it starts to get a little scary at that point. So you stand up, I stood up on the, on the ledge and the guy that was videotaping it was hanging outside of the plane. He had one foot on the ledge and he was holding on to something above the door as the plane is flying. And when you step up onto that platform, there's everything in your head is telling you, don't jump out of this plane. What are you doing? You know, go sit back down. But once you're there, you have to do it. So the instructor pushes you out and it was, I can't, it's so difficult to describe. It's, it's almost spiritual in a way. Um, because the moment you jump off of there, the fear is gone. You're in the air. There's, there's nothing to be scared of. You know, you've already overcome the hardest part, which is just jumping. And you can take that and apply it to every other aspect of your life. And you're in this free fall for about 10 or 15 seconds. And you can't breathe because there's so much air. So you have to yell. And it's almost therapeutic. I'm, I'm a really soft-spoken, easygoing person, so I never yell. So as you're yelling to make sure that you're breathing, you're letting out all of this stuff that you didn't even know was inside of you, right? And then the, uh, the guy that was jumping with me pulls the chute. And the shoot, once the shoot is pulled, it is the most, it's the most peaceful thing you'll ever do in your life. Um, like I, I meditate all the time. I try to very hard to stay in the moment and be present, but you will never be more present than you are in that moment. That's why it makes it a bit more spiritual. You're 100% in that moment. You can't think about anything else. And it's so peaceful when you're floating down, you know, you can talk to the guy that's, that's on your back and you just kind of, you can look at things from such a high view and it makes everything else that you were worried about or were stressing about, 
it makes it feel so small. You know, if you ever had any fear about anything, you start to think, I just jumped out of a plane. Why would I ever be scared of any of these other things? They can't hurt me. It's all in, it's all in your head, you know? Wait, time out, time out. Please repeat that for, for listeners. That fear is all in your head. Yeah, nothing. It doesn't exist. Fear only exists until you, until you don't allow it to. Once you're not scared anymore, there's like fear. You have to be scared in order for fear to, to be there. The moment you conquer a fear or decide in your mind that these things that you're worried about don't exist, fear is gone. It can't exist without that. Yeah. That reminds me, did you ever watch Fear Factor years ago with Joe Rogan? <laughs> yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, I used to watch it. And I, I loved the slogan of that show. And it is, fear is not a factor for me. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. I, I have to share, I had a similar skydiving experience. I actually don't have a fear of heights, but I love adrenaline. I love that pit in my mm. stomach, the shaky, the I love to get all riled up and then go do something. Mm-hmm. and I did it in San Diego and I talked so much shit on the ground. I was like, I want to jump out backwards and very similar to you start going up. And I looked down, I'm like, damn, that's far. And I asked the guy and we were only a couple thousand feet up. And I, and I was like, wait, we're not even halfway. So it is, it's for me. And I ended up, I was first on the plane. So I was last off, which sucked even more because I, I got more time to sit there and watch everybody else take the jump. But you're right. Once we got up there and and we just, we pushed off and then that free fall, it was just, oh, just like you, it was such a peaceful, the floating. It was so amazing. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I feel like it's something that, I mean, I know not everybody's going to do it, but it's something that everybody should try. Well, and I think the the big message here is whatever your fear is, whether it's heights, approaching somebody, um, quitting your job and go doing that thing you really want to do, it's it's just taking that yeah. that initial step so that fear can yeah. no longer rule you. Yeah, and after that, after I completed that, like I've I've had a book in my head for a long time that I need to get out and I kept putting off writing it. So I've started to put that together. Um, I have, I do a ton of coaching, but I wasn't taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. So I've started to, I've actually put together my coaching company and, uh, you know, the name and all these different things. So, you know, it's it's amazing what conquering one thing will open up for you. So then what's your next fear you want to conquer? <laughs> so I do not like open bodies of water. I'm not the greatest swimmer. And like, I'm, like I mentioned before, I'm not really scared of most things. But in the water, you can't really defend yourself. So I want to do two things. I want to do some to, to go cliff diving and I want to go scuba diving. That's awesome. Those would be my next two things. Have you ever snorkeled? No. 
Okay, so I I hate snorkeling. I think similar to you. One, I don't want things touching me. And like, I don't do it well. I go too deep and I choke on the water. Snorkeling is a horrible experience. And people that love it, I'm like, I don't get it. I freaking hate it. (laughs) But scuba diving, if you liked that skydiving, that peaceful scuba for me, one, I think, I don't know, it's the safety of you have the tank on your back and, and the flippers. And I don't know, there was something magical about being down there it's so silent. And, um, again, I don't think I I can articulate it, but I I would love to hear your experience after you do that. I haven't scheduled it yet, but it's coming. That's awesome. Well, okay. So question for you then, what do you feel holds most people back? What I've found, especially through coaching, because people share these things with you. A lot of people don't believe that they deserve the things that they actually desire. Uh, that's one. And a lot of people don't think that they can actually have it. And you can have anything. All these people that everyone, you know, looks up to or is so inspired by, they're just like you and I. They just chose to actually do it. That's it. All you have to do is do it. Well, and, and that's a big one you said is the belief that they don't feel they can have it. So what is advice or or something you would tell someone that, okay, if you have that desire, that idea has come to you, what do they do to, obviously there's a lot of fears and limiting beliefs and all that BS, but what, what's the first step to go towards that desire? So the first step is we have to, what we have to do is identify what caused that. Once you identify, it's usually something that happened in someone's past, maybe as a child or some trauma, and it has forced them to to kind of hide in, the, in a comfort zone, in that little box. And once you identify what that was, and I think the easiest way to put it is you have what happened, and you have the story that you're telling yourself about it, right? The two things are completely different. And once you isolate what happened and what that other person may have been going through that, that said it or did it, and the story that you have created, nine times out of ten is totally different than this. Like these, whoever did that thing probably didn't mean it the way that it was taken or who knows what they were going through or dealing with. And you have to pull yourself out of that and say, you know, understand that what happened over here is not you. Mm. And that's the most important thing. And even if, you know, whatever it was, you have to leave it where it was. You have to be present. You, whoever you are today can be totally different tomorrow. I love that. I was actually just telling that to somebody yesterday because they're, going through their own stuff and whatever, but I won't give any details. Um, My message to them was your past is not who you are. It's who you were. And so it's more or less to learn from that and become that better version and forgive yourself. I feel number one, we hold so much uh, the woulda, coulda, shoulda and the regret, but forgive yourself because you know, you did the best you could at that time. So learn from it and it's time to move on. Right. The only reason you should ever even think about that is to 
share your experience with someone else to help them maybe avoid the same issue or get through the same issue or to prevent yourself from doing the same thing again. Yes. Love that. Okay. So then question for you, what is one final takeaway you want listeners to get from today's conversation? Just whatever it is that you have been wanting to do, that you have been putting off for whatever reason you've created in your mind, just fucking do it. That is the most blunt, honest thing I can tell you. Don't wait for the situation to be perfect because it never will be. Mm -hmm. Don't wait for someone else to give you permission. You don't need it. Just go and do it. Makes me think maybe Nike should change their slogan. Just fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I just wrote those down because I think that is so important what you said. Number one, don't wait because I love the Mm -hmm. people are waiting until they're ready. Here's the thing. You're never going to feel ready. So just start today. And then you're right. Number two, you don't need permission. You don't need other people's. I remember when I was going to quit corporate, uh, a lot of coworkers thought I was crazy. Why would I do that? And if you let those outside judgments and criticism hold you back, you will never, I feel, become or do the things you're meant to do. Absolutely not. You can't let other people put their limitations on you. Yeah. That that. That what the advice that they give you generally is I you couldn't do that or you shouldn't do that because I wouldn't do it or I feel like I can't do it. That you can never allow someone else's limitations to stop you from being who you were meant to be. Yes, for sure. I have a few rapid fire questions I would like to ask you to wrap up the interview. And the first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Hmm. This is going to be simple, but I say relax all the time. Relax. Because a lot of people have this pressure that they've made up in their mind that doesn't actually exist. And if you're able to relax and see it for what it is, you can usually just blast right through. So I say relax all the time. Simplicity. I know that's not like a quote. Yeah. Oh, and I love, since you said that, I've always loved uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. I've always loved that. Just keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate anything. I live by that. Second question for you. What is a book you are currently reading or highly recommend? Am I currently reading? Um... I forgot the title. It's Dr. Joe Dispenza, I believe it is. Um, Becoming Supernatural? Yes, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. Um, and you asked for a book I would recommend? Yeah. I, if, oh, that's tough. I read a lot and I like a lot of books. Um, One that I've given out a lot is uh, The Universe Has Your Back. I gave that to a lot of people, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic book, and it would shift your perspective. Um, You know what, though? If I have to choose my favorite, it's The Four Agreements. I've read that book two, three times a year for the past few years. 
Yeah, that's a that's an easy read and a go to. And actually, one of the very I was 15 years old when I read that book. Um, I only know that because my mom wrote it was like Merry Christmas, whatever year. But that was one of the first personal development books I read, and I still remember those four agreements today. Yeah. 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 That book will change your life. Yes. Okay. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? To be, to be patient with myself and to stop thinking what I, you know, I should be here. I should be doing this, you know, to stop shooting all over myself, basically. (laughs) It's, Uh, so many people feel like they're supposed to be doing something else or they're supposed to be so much further. And you have to understand you're exactly where you're supposed to be at all times, doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I love that. I agree. Brett, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. It It was great. It was a great experience. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as Heather.Hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.